Welcome to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast, where we share the latest information and views from industry leaders. Welcome to another McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast. I'm Jim Berkland, Executive Editor at McKnight's Long-Term Care News, and we're really excited about this installment because we have an expert on a topic that has been really cast in such a broad light, as we've noticed, it's come right from the White House. And that, of course, is the private equity issue uh, within skilled nursing and other health care investments. Uh, we have today Jolie Apicella, partner in Wigan and Dana's litigation department and healthcare practice group, where she focuses on health care fraud and abuse laws. Now, Jolie was also previously an assistant United States attorney in the Eastern District of New York. So she's really seen things from both sides of the aisle, you might say. Jolie, welcome. And I just did want to jump in right away. Uh, the State of the Union really brought this issue probably into more prominence than it's ever been before. Is that safe to say? Hi, Jim, and thanks for having me on. Yes, uh, President Biden has actually spoke about private equity in nursing homes in his State of the Union for two years in a row. He is concerned that, you know, as he calls it, the Wall Street firms that are taking over you know, more nursing homes, that the quality is going down. And I think that's also triggered by what we saw during the pandemic. We became very acutely aware that there were problems in nursing homes when there were many deaths. And we saw that they may have been caused by staffing shortages. And that this could be also caused by some of the financial relationships that were behind. And that's what I think triggered and um, it became an area of particular focus for the government. And it wasn't just President Biden who was mentioning this. Of course, FTC Commissioner Khan, not with a particular focus towards nursing homes, but mentioned that private equity firms have been active in, in healthcare and gave some examples um, and that he felt that the that the focus was on short-term profits in healthcare. Mm -hmm. And that was incentivizing practices that were leading quality of care and increase of cost for the patients to have these sort of bad outcomes. And Senator Elizabeth Warren also echoed that with an investigation that the, that the Democrats were doing in uh, 2021. So there are other examples, but it, it's not just President Biden. There is a lot of attention on this right now. Well, there's no question. I was just looking through our own notes. I mean, Senator Grassley uh, brought up the issue, was it just last week, that said, hey, we're 12, 13 years into something that I, I wanted answers on. I want them now. So I guess the point is, is that the pressure is uh, being applied, being increased. And then the question becomes, OK, so what should providers do? What should members of the industry be watching? It's interesting because when you compare numbers from from how much money it is in nursing homes, um, I don't think it, it's a lot, especially compared to the numbers that we see like in, in 2010, 2014. And you wonder if providers are, are already either rejecting private equity money or if the private equity is becoming less interested in being involved because of this attention. But healthcare is such a a stable area of growth for private equity. And the projections do say that there will be, you know, in 2013, it will still have the same sort of um, ownership in terms of um, the gross domestic product will be the same from for the next 10 years. So that's going to suggest that there will be at least the same amount of, of ownership in healthcare interests. So what can private equity do? What can nursing homes do? I mean, if nursing homes 
And and it can be very valuable to nursing homes to have this inflection of money and this interest in money. It can really actually help them continue to to grow and improve efficiency and expand the business and actually reduce their costs in a way that helps them comply with regulations. So I don't think the answer is we'll just reject all capital that comes in the door. But it needs to be a really open conversation where both sides are doing their due diligence and understanding the risks involved before they complete a deal. Sure. And I think to your point that there may not be that much involved. We've had Mark Parkinson, president and CEO of the American Healthcare Association, point out that maybe 5% of nursing homes only in the United States are private equity. Another 12% perhaps are REITs. And the government itself actually acknowledged that their definitions of private equity and private financing may be not what uh, is traditionally known. Uh, I know you had some thoughts on that to the effect that it may not matter so much. We're talking the same things. Is that right? Right. I mean, there's a there's a, a few different business models. And as a prosecutor, I did have to learn, you know, what's the difference between a leverage buyout, what's an institutional investor, the pension fund, the endowments, all of that sort of language was new to me. But at the end of the day, I think it, it doesn't matter if, if the business model is to, to buy these portfolio companies, to reform them and to sell them. That enforcement is going to be looking at that, that there's some incentives that may may raise the concerns that President Biden had voiced. Okay, now, part of the uh, increased scrutiny, I guess would say, is that there are going to be, you know, additional disclosure uh, requirements, additional administrative burdens for, for, and this is where it gets into all long-term care owners or nursing home owners. Uh, You see that as a good thing, perhaps? I do. And and you say that there are going to be the disclosures. I just want to be clear that that's been proposed. It's a proposed rule. It's open for comment. And then there'll be 60 days after that. So we could be looking at sometime in the summer that becomes a rule for disclosure. But in general, I think, you know, shedding a light on something is going to be, you know, better for all. Uh, the government will have the information about who these parties are. We could see an increase of whistleblower suits towards those private equity companies because, well, we will know who they are, but otherwise it's accountability, right? And it's just putting everybody on the same page. So yeah, in general, I don't think that uh, the nursing homes would have really hid that information anyway. And the accountability that it will give the private equity homes to, you know, pr- produce quality outcomes will probably increase as well. That's that's an interesting viewpoint because the other thing that uh, Mr. Parkinson said, he labeled this uh, focus a red herring on private equity. Uh, do you agree? Do you think that uh, it should be looked at in a different light? Uh, I'm not sure what he meant exactly by a red herring, but I think I think the scrutiny is is going to continue from government. Um, look, they're using the False Claims Act to recoup fraudulent billing. And if it shows that that there was a portfolio conduct that the private equity firm, you know, caused, caused the bills, those fraudulent bills to be um, submitted, then it, it doesn't really matter that it's just a small percent, right? Like even if it's just 5%, uh, the government will still be skeptical. It's going to yeah, go to the nursing home quality of care. So it kind of depends on the the um, the PE investors' involvement. 
um, when they take a really active involvement, this is a very highly regulated space. So they will be held accountable. And um, the private equity firms usually do want to be actively involved, sometimes in the ways that government suspects, like becoming actively involved in decreasing costs and leading to bad outcomes. But in other cases, actively involved because they want to uh, control all the outcomes, including decreasing the risks. Okay. Now, I've asked you to focus, obviously, primarily on our nursing home crowd and skilled nursing, but I'd like you to help us understand, too, that within a larger context of healthcare, is private equity uh, deserving of this greater scrutiny? I mean, is there some sort of proven uh, research that showed that, hey, these guys and women need to be watched a little bit more than others? I think that's sort of where it comes from. There, there have been investigations and there have been from the medical community as well that shows when, when private equity is involved, there there is a decrease in, in outcome. Um, I don't have those studies at my fingertips, but government does. Government is understanding that that when we were looking at uh, you know adverse events and negative outcomes out of the nursing homes, that there was some correlation with whether or not private equity firms had in, had made it um, investments. Okay. Um, now, now listen, we we have private equity clients who are doing the exact opposite, who are really you know making sure that their uh, portfolio companies are are coming into compliance and are really uh, overseeing the quality of care and are hiring counsel to make sure that they're in uh, regulatory and compliance and not just you know relying on the counsel of their portfolio companies, but doing investigations themselves and, and really offering the highest uh, level compliance that the, that the um, underlying portfolio companies didn't have before. So it can also be a, a positive, and I wanna be clear about that. All right, well, that's what I was gonna ask is uh, what advice you might have for the listeners uh, in the skilled nurse community, and that might go for be they private equity or interested or interested in attracting private equity, or maybe they're run by private equity. Going forward, uh, what would you counsel them in an unofficial way, of course, but what would you advise them? Yeah, what would you advise them uh, how to to look at this? Because it is only going to get a little warmer, it seems like, right? Yeah, it could get warmer. And, and like I said at the outset, this could really be a good thing for the for the underlying companies, especially if they don't have the capital to be efficient, if they don't have the capital to you know meet their costs. And we are seeing that right now with, with um, the staffing shortages. What's the answer to all the staffing shortages that we're seeing in our hospitals and our long-term care facilities? It, it may just be that we need to pay these people more because they're very unhappy in their jobs and they'd rather have no job in some cases than continue in their job. So you need, you need the capital to be able to pay people well so that they'll stay and give quality of care. Um, So if, if private equity is going to come in and do that again, that can be a positive and we probably want to encourage those relationships. So I guess Again, know who you're getting into business with. I, you can do the due diligence can go the other way. I assure you that the private equity companies are well aware of the risks, but they may not be so aware of um, the regulations. So you know that you're in a highly regulated industry. You should be sharing that information, sharing some of your concerns so that everybody's going into the arrangement with really open eyes 
Um, you know, you're going to be possibly there's going to be greater scrutiny on that relationship. So having compliance counsel, having counsel to really look over your deal, make sure that your management agreement says what what you want it to say and be an accurate reflection of the relationship that you see going forward and having that relationship spelled out. Okay. And then you mentioned too, that the rule things will extend into the summer that we, perhaps we may see something. Can you paint a picture for how that may play out for those not as familiar perhaps with these procedures? Sure. Um, you know, it's a little unclear, uh, just to orient the, the listener, what we're talking about. Um, there will be continued attention to private equity deals. The reason why I say that is because after the State of the Union address, Biden administration had a February 15th proposed rule that's right now in the Federal Register. And what that proposed rule said was that there was going to be additional disclosure for transparency requirements. Basically, you have to say who owns your nursing facility. And this this actually does only apply to, to nursing facilities. So this is specific to nursing facilities that we may see in other areas of healthcare as well. It's not final yet. It's still in the comment period. And if it's finalized, we would know more about, you know, the extent of private equity investment, you know, how much the the dollars and the cents. And we may know something about the control that would become known publicly to anyone who wants to to know that. But again, I I don't think it's not necessarily a bad thing to to add some sunshine to this landscape. Um, Hopefully the private equity firms have nothing to hide and maybe the government's interest in the case can be investigated sooner rather than later just by getting to the heart of it. Sure. And I think that's, uh, as you know, with the healthcare and specifically in skilled nursing, awful lot goes in with great intentions. But as you alluded to with staffing and uh, the labor may be involved and some of the administrative and regulatory burdens, anything that adds to that, I think, is where there's some pushback, perhaps. That's a good good point. Although I don't know how onerous really this will be. Maybe you you could give me a better sense of that from your your listeners. Anything paperwork uh, and anything filing and so highly regulated, as you know, will uh, cause some raised eyebrows. Let's put it that way. So, yeah, well, if this goes into effect, it will certainly be more paperwork. It will be a submission of of the breakdown, which I know is sometimes complicated. And again, it needs to be correct. Right. So you don't want to just slap dash, put something in. You need to to go back and check exactly what those numbers are and and make sure that those entities are correct. Absolutely. Well, outstanding. And uh, as we've indicated, this seems to be a spring of heightened awareness or or, or a heightened state that could lead to something even a little bit more. Uh, And, and, you know, really good to uh, glad, excuse me, to explore this. Uh, Are there any other aspects of uh, this PE picture that you'd really like listeners to be aware of or keep an eye on? As we were talking, I kind of thought that there's there's two different classifications of um, of strategies of, of areas to get ready for, and this goes to sort of the mitigation. So, so how you can avoid the government's ear, or if you have it, how you can show them that you that you've taken all the necessary steps. If if it's before the transaction, you know there's due diligence uh, that you can do, but. I am kind of repeating myself, but I think the number one thing on that list is to get experienced attorneys that are on your side and consultants as well, and um, you know rely on that good faith counsel. 
but um, know your portfolio company's business that goes for the private equity company. And like I said before, you also have to know a little bit about the private equity company. How reputable are they? Have they have they been accused of any misconduct? Are they what are what's their plan? Right for how involved will they be in um, the day to day operations and the decision making? Have all those conversations that everybody is going in with with wide eyes and. <clears throat> Private equity should be prepared to walk away, and I know that they will be, but I think um, the nursing home companies should be looking for the right fit and also be willing to walk away. I know that they're probably hungry for that capital if they're already starting those those conversations, but you you do want to take a long-term picture for, for who's going to be the best company to match with. And then after there's a, a, a deal, there's some like post-transaction due diligence that you can do, you know, knowing the degree of the management of the private equity, how knowing that that delineation, who's going to do what job, um, ensuring that the board members of your company, this is for the, the nursing homes, are going to be properly trained on the regulatory scheme and compliance risk, and knowing that you're going to communicate that information up to the private equity company so that they can be assured that your people are taking care of it. And then just having, and this goes to any company, this is a very broad advice, but having the most robust corporate compliance program that you can possibly have that's really specifically tailored to your company and having private equity involved with that in that if that's appropriate. All right. Well, once again, we show we see that vigilance is going to be very important moving forward. And we really want to as, as as always, yes. And we really want to thank again Jolie Apicella, a partner in Wigan and Dana's litigation department and healthcare practice group. Just been fantastic to hear from somebody with your experience and in the inside view on that. So we also want to thank you, our listeners, for tuning in today. Once again, I think it's been a very educational, eye-opening look at at an aspect of long-term care and skilled nursing that uh, we don't always get a real close look at. And Others will be taking closer looks. There's no question, as we've talked about today. So thank you once again for tuning in. Please remember to subscribe to McKnight's Newsmaker Podcast wherever you get your podcast. We wish you good health and outstanding days ahead. Thank you for listening to McKnight's Long-Term Care Newsmakers Podcast. For the latest in long-term care news, visit McKnight's.com.